on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. And the pitch. Bouncer hit towards right. It is going to be played. Peterson to Hader, and they got him despite Josh Hader stumbling and falling at the bag. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field with Jerry Augustine. Here's Matt Foley. Yeah, that was quite the way for the game to come to an end. The Brewers get the 2-1 win over the Cubs despite being out hit 6-2. With the win, they take the series. They have won every series against the Cubs so far this year, and they're looking for a series sweep tomorrow afternoon, and it could be an exciting day with who's going to be the starting pitching to, uh, starting pitcher tomorrow. More on that in a moment. But first, let's welcome in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. Augie, a, weird, a long game, a two-to-one game that lasts three hours and 40 minutes. The Brewers only get two hits, but they get the hits at the exact right moment. And that uh, the hit column, the air column, the left-on-base column doesn't matter when the R column has more runs for you than the other team. Well, they always say you just have to have one more run than the other team, yeah. and it all turns out well. And it did tonight. You look at... It's strange how the Brewers, when the Brewers scored tonight, in the first it was Adamas walked, he stole second, and Yelly came up with a, a double score. And then in the fourth inning, Yelly walks, he steals second, and then Peterson comes up with a big base hit, and they scored their second run, and that holds up for the game. So kind of an unusual way of winning a ball game where you get two walks and two stolen bases and then two big base hits that help you win a ball game. But the Brewers were able to do it. The pitching holds up, and uh, uh, they win another series. If you want to join us, uh, we're here on 94.5 ESPN. We're here as long as the Bucks keep going uh, on nights that the Bucks play. So a little bit different way to get in contact with us. Instead, the uh, phone number and the text line is the same number, but it's 800-990-3776, 800-990-3776. So if you've got that WTMJ text line stored in your phone and you try to text us, we're not going to see it. you got to go with 800-990-3776. The uh, tweets don't change. You can still find me on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll take you for about the next hour or or so as the Brewers come up with the win. They get that early run against former Brewer Zach Davies, who had just been part of a combined no-hitter his last time out. He really settled in after that, doesn't give up uh, really a whole lot more until he gives up that second run. Uh, but I thought even I thought it was a big deal for the Brewers to score that first run in this game today. Well, I think especially after last night, to come out and, and get on the, get ahead early in the ballgame. And, you know, Zach, he probably wanted to do really well against the Brewers, his former team. But you want to get on the board, get that early lead against the Cubs after you score so many runs last night. And the Brewers did exactly what they had to do. I thought another important part, and we see this a lot of this ball club, especially in the last month or so, is being able to answer the opposing team when they score. They've done it a lot. They did it tonight, and it's really paid off. It's like taking the momentum. They get the momentum. You take it right back from them. You put some guys on base, and tonight it was Christian coming up with a walk, stolen base, and then the big hit, big hit by Peterson to put him up 2-1. to one. But the Brewers are doing, a, are doing a nice job when the opponents score 
getting guys and applying pressure. You apply pressure, you score runs, you're always in the ballgame. I say it over and over, and it goes back to when I was working in the minor leagues. Um, and I, when I was working in the Kansas City Royals organization, we had a minor league manager by the name of Brian Rupp, and he instilled this in his team, and it's something that stuck with me as a broadcaster. One of his big things was when a team scores on you, come back and score at least one run that next day. They put up eight runs on you. Yeah, you'd love to answer with eight or six or five, but at least put up one. Just answer those runs. And I've always believed, as I've come up in the game of baseball, that the good teams answer runs. You don't have to answer all the runs, but you answer runs. And you're right. The Brewers take the one nothing lead. The Cubs come back. They tie it with the one run in the top of the fourth. What happens? The next inning, the Brewers come back and score the one run to take a 2-1 lead, and we don't see any scoring the rest of the way. And you see that sometimes. And and I would argue, like, sometimes you have these games where there's very few opportunities to score runs. And I guess in this game, there was actually opportunities to score runs, just nobody wanted to take advantage of the opportunities. But you saw how this game all of a sudden moved along where it's zero after zero after zero after zero. You look at that and you see how big that run in the bottom of the fourth is. You don't know it at that moment what this game is going to turn into, but this game turns into a whole bunch of zeros. It changes the complexion. You know, you get a team that scores some runs, you come back, come back, and like you just said, it doesn't make any difference what you score, but you score some runs. You get guys on base, you come in. It also goes on the defensive side. One of the big things that we always try to do at the college level is anytime the opponent, when the, the opponent score a run, throw a zero. Get that team back mm-hmm. in that dugout. So it goes both on the offense and the defensive side. The Brewers recently have been very, very good at the opponent scoring runs, then bouncing right back and get guys on base, applying pressure, and it's really made a big difference. 2-1, the final score. Brewers get the win over the Cubs. They have won the series. They'll look for a sweep tomorrow. If you want to join us, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. You can call, you can text, you can tweet in as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Exciting news about who the Brewers are going to be starting tomorrow. We'll pass that along in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. ESPN. I almost said WTMJ. That's the money in the jar if you say the. Uh, That's right. But because uh, you you went with a Miller Park the other you day. Got it. You I, got it. I almost went with a WTMJ. We're uh, we're all over the place right here. Um, so big news. We didn't know who was going to start tomorrow's game. We now do know uh, the number seven prospect in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. Aaron Ashby is going to be added to the roster tomorrow. He's going to make his Major League debut. Now, he recently was moved to the bullpen at Nashville. Tomorrow is going to be a bullpen game. So don't expect five, six innings out of Ashby. He is not stretched out. He has been throwing as a bullpen pitcher, and he is going to join the big leagues as a bullpen guy. Eventually, he will be a starter, but it's a very common thing for the Brewers and for many major league teams to bring up uh, pitching prospects and get their feet wet at the big league level out of the bullpen before they start starting them uh, consistently. But uh, Ashby is going to be uh, on the mound to start tomorrow's game, which is going to be a lot of fun to see. Going to be fun to watch. You know, here's a young man who's got a good live arm. He's got all the pitches, and we saw what he did in spring training. Was very, very aggressive coming out of bullpen. Worked a lot of 
games, pitch one or two innings games, pitched the ball very well, and really opened up the eyes of the organization. It's going to be fun to see him starting. He's started several games already this year, and now we're getting to see him start in the big league. So if you want to get that opportunity to come to the big leagues, a fun time to do it is if you get get opportunity to start, and he's going to get to do it against the rival Cubs. This year at Nashville, he's 4-1 and one with a 4.5 ERA. Uh, you look at some of the more uh, specific numbers. Here's the number. Here's the number that uh, should get you excited. 56 strikeouts in 38 innings. He's a strike thrower. And, you know, he's got that live arm. He's got a good breaking ball, changes speeds. But the big thing is you look at what he does. He can really command the strike zone. He pitches both in and out. He's got a good live fastball, a lot of movement on his arm. And that's what you look at. A young man who comes up and can throw strikes, doesn't walk a lot of guys. And we look at the strikeouts that he has per innings right there. You know he's a guy that attacks the strike zone. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch him start tomorrow. Going to get in the weeds a little bit right here. When when pitchers, when players in baseball are evaluated by scouts, they're evaluated on a 20 to 70 scale, which makes zero sense in the real world. But in the baseball world, it's what it goes with. So on a 20 to 70 scale, or 20 to 80 scale, excuse That's me, 20 right. to 80. Um, on a 20 to 80 scale, he's got a, a slider that grades out at 65, and then he's got a fastball and a changeup that grades out at 55. Those are both pretty solid numbers for a guy coming out. They are. They're plus numbers. When you look at especially that slider, he's got that good breaking ball. And the one thing you know, we're looking at young men that can take that slider and throw it to both sides of the plate, can really throw, get it down in the zone, but it's the fastball and command that you have to have and the one thing that we saw with him in spring training he was a strike thrower getting ahead of hitters anytime you come in a ball game you start a game it's all about getting ahead of hitters putting yourself in a good position it's going to be interesting to walk watch tomorrow is going to be a little bit different you're pitching on a major little major league level it's different than spring training but it's so fun and it's the most exciting time you only get to do it once in your life and is that first start in the big leagues i'm excited for him tomorrow he's here he actually spent some time speaking with the media I believe he's been here for a little while. So a lot of times in a situation like this, a guy making their major league debut, they maybe they get here the night before in the middle of the game, or sometimes they get there day of the game if it's a night game and they get to the ballpark and it's all kind of a whirlwind. For him, he's able to experience a day in the big leagues before making his first big league start tomorrow. Uh, gets to go to bed tonight in the city. Got to experience the game today. Everything that goes along with it. I have to think that that might be able to ease things a bit for him. That's one thing I, I think I really like about this organization is they understand when you're going through something or when you're brought up to the big leagues or when you, they need you to uh, perform, they do it in the right way. And, you know, one thing I do, they bring Aaron up, have him spend a little time up here, get a little, little used to the surroundings, the ballpark, and now he's going to be able to start tomorrow. And getting that just that extra time rather than flying in the night before and then starting the next day. Bring him in a little bit early, early. Let him get used to the surroundings. Watch the game, see what it's like, and then go out and start the next day. That's a big plus because your first start is special. He's going to have some nerves. There's no question about it. But it's when he gets in the ball game, it's all about throwing strikes. So there were rumblings throughout the day. ESPN's Jeff Passan was one of the first to report that the Brewers would be calling him up. So this is not something that is surprising here at the end of the game. There was the the reports out there that he was going to be coming up. Augie, when Brent Suter started warming up in the bullpen, because Suter tends to be the bullpen starter guy for the Brewers. That's a role he has filled here for the last few years. When I saw Suter start to warm up, 
that's the first thought that went through my mind. Are we going to see Ashby get the start tomorrow? And that was kind of exciting at that moment. It is. And, you know, you know, they were grooming him up. They let him get a little bit of bullpen. And, you know, he started the year as a starter down in the minor leagues, and he got a number of starts in. But then they put him, put him in the bullpen just to get use of coming out of the bull, out of bullpen and into games on the AAA level. He knows what that is. He did it in spring training. A little bit different in spring training and how you're being used. But to be able to do it in game action in AAA uh, really helps you get – understand what you have to do, how you have to throw, and what you're coming into. So he's got that that well-rounded time to look at going both directions with as a starter and reliever. Now he gets to start in the big leagues, and there's nothing better than coming up your first start and having him be in the big leagues, and especially against the the rival of the Cubs. By a couple metrics, the Milwaukee Brewers are... Most dominant team in baseball. I'll explain coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Brewers get the win over the Cubs. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Alongside former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine, I'm Matt Pauley. And um, in some ways, stick with me here, the Brewers are as dominant as as any team in baseball. Let's get to one of them. Since May 22nd, and Augie, that's the day that Willie Adamas walks through the door. That's right. The Brewers now have a record of 26-10 and during that time. They are well clear of San Francisco and Houston, who have the second best record during that period. I mean, it's not at this coming into today. The Brewers are twenty-five and ten in that period, where San Francisco was at twenty-two and eleven. So there was a uh, there was a significant difference between the Brewers and the second best team in all of baseball in record since May twenty-second. It's they're just playing really good baseball, and you know when Adamas came in, he took kind of took this team and, and just brought it a lot of energy and a, a lot of personality. But even more than that, he brought, his, he brought his good defense. And he's now the captain of that infield. I know they have Colton Wong as a gold glove uh, second baseman. But you look at what Willie Adamas has done with this team, both on the defensive side and offensive side. It's just it's miraculous of what, what this team has played and how they've played with the energy they've played with since he's been aboard. The Brewers now have a five-game lead in the National League Central over the Cubs. That is the largest lead that any first place team has in all of Major League Baseball. The New York Mets, who the Brewers will see soon, have the second uh, largest lead. They lead Washington by three games. But the Brewers, with a five-game lead over the Cubs, nobody else has that big of a lead in their division. Well, we looked at it. When we go back even before we got Adamas, you look at the schedule. It's very favorable as far as win teams they were playing with win-loss records. Well, the teams that they had, the next games that they played I know is 16 and then they had an off day and now it's 17 we got about 14, uh, 12 or 13 left that they could really make hay if they just played good sound baseball and they, they've been doing that they've been getting the great pitching and we all have to talk about this defense defense has been one part of this ball club that has been consistent it's played each and every day they do the things right they do they go out and they play good solid defense and now everything else is starting to fall in place the the only players who have had 
I thought really big defensive issues at times this year was we saw Luis Arias go through a really tough period at shortstop, and that was shortly before they acquired Willie Adamas. And since then, he has been spectacular from a defensive standpoint. I think he and Adamas work together on the field before games all the time. I talk about this all the time about how the addition of Willie Adamas helps you because he, he upgrades you at shortstop. He upgrades you in the order. He upgrades you in the clubhouse. And I also think it's an iron sharpening iron situation where he makes other players better. I think he's made Luis Arias a better player. Well, he's a kind of guy you see him on the field. It's, it's so much fun to watch. And I've been watching a lot of him, especially the last two weeks. Is watch him on the field. He's involved in everything in the, uh, on the field. He's talking to everybody. He'll call. And when Arias is playing over at third base, he's always hollering over to him and just checking and make sure you know what you're doing. And I think what you do is when you get a guy who leads and brings that type of energy, you keep everybody in the game. And that's one thing you do. you got good, strong pitching. You got We've got a great pitching staff that's thrown the ball very well, both in the starting rotation and the bullpen. Well, when you have that, you can make it even better by playing good, solid defense, being alive, and understanding the game that when the ball sits to you in situations, what do I do? And I, I tell you, that's one thing that he really does. He keeps us in field active no matter when he's in the where he is and uh, what part of the game it is and that's really made a big difference to this ball club I thought the Brewers pitching today obviously it's very good because they only give up one run but there were some interesting things that happened with the pitching as the game went along we'll discuss that next this is Brewers Extra Innings Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee 2-1 Brewers get the win over the Cubs. They've taken the first two games to take another series from Chicago. Augie, I'm not going to lie. I, I take joy in the fact that there's a lot of Cubs fans on the highway driving right now, having just lost to watch their team lose here uh, here in Milwaukee. I, I, I enjoy that greatly. I do, too. I, yeah. I like it even better that you strand 10, 12 men on base and one for 10 with runners in scoring position. That's even better yet. They've had some opportunities. Brewer pitchers rise to the occasion. And, uh, you know, you, you want to beat the team that's next to you, closest to you. And I'll tell you, Cub, Cubs coming in, playing pretty good baseball. They struggled in the last three games out in L.A., but they've been playing pretty good baseball, and the Brewers are up to the, up to, uh, equal to the task and uh, win the first two games, two big games and win the series. I can't believe I'm going to say what I'm about to say, but this is how high the expectation level is for Brandon Woodruff and how good he is. He has a fantastic day. One run on four hits in six innings, eight strikeouts, three walks. I watched him today. I didn't think he had his best stuff. I, you know, it, today was a workman's day. Yeah. You know, you get, you look at him and it does he, is he as sharp as he, you, you want to be? Probably not. He threw a lot of pitches in, in the six innings that he pitched. He threw 104 pitches. But when he needed it, he was able to make the good pitch. And that's a sign of a guy who goes out there, understands what he has to do. He gets himself in trouble a little bit, is able to work out of it. He had just, Three batters, which we had three ball counts, which in six innings, that's phenomenal. And those three were all walks. And then he had to hit by a pitch, which would have been a third ball. But he was able to command and make the big pitches when he needed. He got himself in trouble. He got ahead of hitters, and he was able to command the strike zone. And he's just a warrior. He's got that good fastball. He's got confidence that he can locate it. He can sink it. He can run it. And he, and he pitches both on the inside part of both uh, the inside and outside part of plate. 
but when he uses his other stuff in combination with it, that good break them all and change up he has, uh, he's pretty dominant, and he was there tonight. Devin Williams was down today, so that changes the way you're going to use the bullpen, and what that does is it pushes Boxberger into the eighth inning roll. Hader was in his ninth inning roll, but I thought it was interesting to see how the team handled the seventh inning. It started with Brent Suter. They would have loved to have just have Suter get through the inning, uh, but it doesn't work out that way. Gives up a hit. At that point, they go to Jake Cousins. I think that says a whole lot about how this team feels about Cousins. He's making his third major league appearance. He'd been really good in his first two, but that's a one-run game. You got this guy who you signed out of independent ball and has been coming up through the system but and has looked good, but you haven't put him in this kind of pressure cooker yet, and you throw him in there, and it it wasn't easy. It wasn't pretty, it was dicey, but he gets out of it, and that's the most important thing. Well, and you see the dominance he had when he came into games before. You, you know, we all, a lot of people are talking about he has that great slider, and he does have a very good slider, and he does locate it, and he does use it a lot. Uh, we saw him when he come into ball game throw four or five straight sliders, but he's got that good fastball that he can locate. And it's got good movement. It's in the 94 to 97 area, and he can locate it and help, help you get ahead of hitters. So it was a big outing for him tonight. It was that... That outing where you say, hey, we've watched you come in a couple outings. You've thrown the ball very well. Now we're going to challenge you in a big spot. And he came in. He was equal to the task. A little rough on the edges at times. Got behind hitters. Walked a couple. Walked a guy or two. But he was able to make the pitch on a good slider to have on the inside part of the plate when he needed to. A big strikeout and really keep the lead for the Brewers. I also kind of wondered when they took Suter out. Suter only throws the nine pitches and, and he comes out of the game. With tomorrow being a bullpen day, I, I, I kind of internally wonder were they trying to intentionally keep Suter's pitch count low where he could throw multiple innings tomorrow? Well, I think what, I think what, what, what Craig was, was looking at there, he's a guy who looks to, for people to be successful and you look for the key matchups you got a guy you look at what he were the hitters that he was going to face the matchup was being able to come in and face a right hand hitter with two outs get through that inning maybe low count pitches and now you've got that confidence you made him successful and uh you can use him in and start using him in tougher spots you start putting him in in times when the games are close and then you build on it like they've done with a lot of hitter pitchers that they've had this year and he, he did that he scuffled a little bit but when he needed to he was able to reach back and make that make that big pitch that he that he wanted to and he struck out half with that good breaking ball down and in and he, cousins ended up making it hard on himself because he faced the righties and couldn't couldn't get him out and then all of a sudden a lefty comes up and that slider isn't quite as effective because you can't have it with that bite it might go and and hit the guy and and maybe getting him out is even more impressive than if he would have gotten the first two fa- hitters he faced. Yeah, he, you know, it just looked like he's overthrowing. I think when you get so used to it and you know what that slider, everybody makes makes a big deal that, hey, this is my pitch. I'm, they're naming my slider. They're doing whatever they have to do. It's still about commanding the strike zone and being able to throw that, that first strike slider over the plate and get it for get ahead of hitters. And he, I think he just overthrew it a little bit early, got a little bit away from himself and he hit bias and, and had runners on base, but he was able to come back against Happ and use the fastball and the breaking ball effectively. Got good fastballs with good movement on the way uh, away from him. Threw a high breaking ball, got away with it, but then came with that good slider down and in and struck him out. A 2-1 victory for the Brewers over the Cubs. They secure a series victory today. When we come back, the postgame comments of manager Craig Council. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 
This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Brewers get the 2-1 win over the Cubs. They have taken the first two games. They'll look for a series sweep tomorrow. To be cliche, playing with the old house money tomorrow. They have already taken the series from the Cubs. Manager Craig Council uh, spoke with the media just a little while ago. He uh, told you earlier on the show that uh, we're expecting uh, some excitement tomorrow just because of who the Brewers are going to be starting in uh, Aaron Ashby, the number 7 prospect in the organization. But as uh, Manager Craig Council uh, did speak to the media, spoke a little bit about that bullpen game plan coming up tomorrow. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bullpen day tomorrow. Uh, Ashby is going to start, um, but yeah, I, I wanted I wanted Brent available tomorrow, and and you know we're we're actually we're in pretty good shape um, with how the game rolled tonight and yesterday. So, um, but Ashby will start, and then we'll go from there. Craig, what have you heard about Ashby and his uh, since he moved to relief and started pitching the sort of multi inning? Two inning stints. Well, I, we, you know, we, we saw this in spring training. This is a really talented, this is a really talented kid. Um, and, um, you know, we, we, we shortened him up because, you know, I think you guys know why we shortened him up and, and how we've had, had introduced some of our pitchers, um, to the big leagues and in, in that, in that role, um, and, and just because of how our starting pitching has been going, this, this is, this is the spot that, you know, the, there's the possibly the, the biggest use for him. So, you know, I, I don't think it's any different necessarily in this, in this, in this role. Um, you know, it, it's really as much as anything, it's about, you know, your stuff, maybe your velocity, maybe ticks up a little bit in a shorter stint. Um, and you got to pitch more often. Um, and, and that was kind of the, that was the reason to do it. Um, but tomorrow, would, you know, I think putting him in at the start of the game, it, it gives him a little familiarity. Um, and, but we're not asking, we're not looking for a, a normal start here. We're looking for a, a short, just start to the game. Just doing this shows what you think of him, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah, well, we're going to have a bunch of guys pitch tomorrow. So, I mean, regardless of where he's, he he was going to pitch in the game, uh, he was going to pitch early in the game. So, um, I think, you know, frankly, putting him at the start, he still has not the, the relief. He's done it three times, four times. Um, so, I just I think being at the start, it just allows him to to, to prepare properly and get ready ready properly. Craig, considering how well these teams know each other, what does it say about Woody that he's up to 25 innings against the Cubs this year in two runs? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's just a guy that's making pitches. I mean, he, you know, it, it's great. We know Woody's got a, a great fastball and, and good stuff, but it's, but it's also a sign of a guy just making pitches and a guy that has doesn't have to do the same thing every time. Um and that's what, what the good pitchers do. And that's, that's where Woody has excelled and improved. Um, and, and you have to pitch like that. If you're just, if you're going to keep facing, you can't fall into patterns and, and he hasn't done that. And that's, um, you know, you, you combine really good stuff with, with that maturity um, and those options and, and you get results like that. 
That's Manager Craig Council speaking with the media just a little while ago, again, confirming the news that Aaron Ashby will be starting tomorrow, One, a top 10 prospect in the Brewers organization. It is going to be a bullpen game. Uh, I would be uh, I would say the ceiling is three innings and two innings, probably likely. You're going to see a lot of other guys come in. I mean, you look at that bullpen, guys who did not pitch today, whether it's Trevor Richards, um, you know, probably a Hunter Strickland gets in there, Miguel Sanchez. Uh, even though Brent Suter did pitch today, his pitch count was low. You might be able to get a couple innings from him. Uh, largely will be dictated by the situation, uh, although they may have it set on who the second guy is, is going to be. Uh, either way, you're just going to see a whole bunch of folks coming into the game coming up tomorrow. Mike in Colorado saying, Matt, that was a tough victory should be a real character builder. There were several times today they could have caved to the pressure. A win like this should only serve to help them through the next three months and down the stretch heading into October. I do think this is a character win today. This is this is one of those games where every pitch matters. Every single pitch matters. At any moment, you could throw a pitch, and it could completely alter the course of the game. And uh, when when you've got days like that, it's just it's a, I, I used the term pressure cooker earlier. It's a pressure cooker. You're out there knowing that every single moment of the game absolutely does matter. How does it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 2-1. Brewers get the win over the Cubs. Starting pitching matchup. Brandon Woodruff going for the Brewers. Zach Davies, the former Brewer, on the mound for the Cubs. And it would be the Brewers who would strike first in the bottom of the first inning with one out. Willie Adamas walks. He would then steal second base in front of Christian Yelich. And the pitch. Christian lines one to the gap in right center. In there for extra bases. Around third is Willie Adamas cruising in the second with a run-scoring double. Christian Yelich and the crew has the lead. 1-0 the score going to the second inning. The Cubs tried to make a little bit of noise as Patrick Wisdom with one out was hit by a pitch, but with two outs, uh, the final out is recorded on the bases. 1-1 delivery, runner goes. The throw by Pena is going to be in plenty of time. Got him. See you later. Yeah, quite the throw by Manny Pena as Wisdom caught stealing, and that's how the second inning would come to an end. Brandon Woodruff, he uh, continued to move along in the third inning. He would give up a base hit. He would also uh, issue a walk, so uh, there would be a couple runners on with Wilson Contreras at the plate. The kick and pitch. Struck him out looking. Fastball 98 right on the edge. That's how the third inning would come to an end. It remains a one nothing game. Cubs would tie it up, though, in the fourth. It all gets going with Javi Baez. Uh, Baez leading off here in the top of the fourth inning. Here it is. Line down the right field line. That's a fair ball and into the corner. Baez can run well. He's at second. Is he going to try for three? He is around second base. Here's the throw from Peterson. He is in with a leadoff triple. So Brandon Woodruff's going to try to work around a leadoff triple. He gets the first out as Ian Happ ends up uh, grounding out back to Woodruff. Woodruff was able to look the runner Baez back to third but he was not able to do the same against Patrick Wisdom. 2-2 pitch. 
Lined in the left center base, hit for Wisdom. That'll tie the game 1-1. Tyrone Taylor cuts the ball off, fires into second base. Wisdom is safe there. RBI double. It's a 1-1 game. Woodruff would issue a walk to Jason Hayward, but would get the next two, and he would get out of the inning, giving up a run on two hits, stranding two runners. It's a 1-1 game going to the bottom of the fourth. Not 1-1 very long. Christian Yelich walks after the first uh, two outs are recorded. Yelich steals second, so he's on in scoring position for Jace Peterson. The stretch and pitch. Lined into right field, and it's down a base hit. It gets away from Hayward. Yelich scores. To second goes Jace Peterson. Brewers lead it 2-1. to one. Brewers would end up loading the bases. Keston Hira hit by a pitch. Manny Pena walks. Uh, but uh, Brandon Woodruff would come up to the plate. He would strike out swinging. That would end things, but the Brewers take the lead. Turns out that would be it for run scoring in this game. Zach Davies would be done uh, after uh, throwing the, uh, the four innings as Brad Wick would come in in the fifth. Uh, after he was done, Keegan Thompson pitched the sixth all along. Brandon Woodruff is rolling along, but Woodruff would be done after six. So we go to the seventh inning as the Brewers go to their bullpen. Brent Suter, the first relief pitcher, called upon tonight. First batter he faces in the seventh inning is Eric Sogard. He grounds out. Then Jake Marisnik comes up to the plate as a pinch hitter. He also grounds out. So very quickly, two outs in the inning. But Jock Peterson then gets a base hit. He represents the tie and run. And that uh, prompts a pitching change as Jake Cousins comes on. Uh, when uh, Cousins is on, Peterson steals second. So he's on in scoring position for Wilson Contreras, who walks. Then Javi Baez is hit by a pitch. So all of a sudden, the bases are loaded with Ian Happ at the plate. One-two pitch. Struck him out with a slider down and in. Jake Cousins gets the job done. Dan Winkler would pitch the seventh inning for the Cubs, and we would go to the eighth inning. New pitcher is Brad Boxberger. He strikes out Patrick Wisdom, but then issues a walk to uh, Jason Hayward. There's then a wild pitch that allows Hayward to go to second. After a second walk is issued, it brings up the former Brewer, Eric Sogar. The pitch, swing and a line drive, caught by Peterson, double play. Double play indeed, it stays a 2-1 game. We go to the ninth. Josh Hader is on looking to close out a one-run victory for the Brewers. First batter he faces is Jake Marisnik. Right now, Hader 0-2 and coming back. Here it is. Hey, struck him out swinging. But then things start to get a little bit interesting. Jock Peterson gets a base hit. Wilson Contreras then walks. So the Cubs have runners on at first and second. Again, they are trailing by just one run, 2-1, and it brings up the always dangerous Javi Baez. New sign, Hayner, long look, shaking off. Now finally ready. The stretch, here it is. Hey, struck him out swinging. Yep, second out of the inning. The Cubs then go to their bench as Jose Lobaton comes on as a pinch hitter. And the pitch. Bouncer hit towards right. It is going to be played. Peterson to Hader, and they got him despite Josh Hader stumbling and falling at the bag. Yeah, Lobaton actually 
He was leaping over Hader. Hader seemingly missed the bag when he went back. His ankle, actually, when you look at you think he injured his ankle. Thankfully, he did not. Lobatone's trying to avoid Hader. He goes full in the air. He falls down hard. The trainers had to bring him off the field as the Brewers were shaking hands as the play was being reviewed. Just a lot going on in the final moments. But when all is said and done, the Brewers do come away with the victory, with the win. The Brewers go to 47-33. and The Cubs dropping to 42-38. and Winning totals for the crew. Two runs, two hits, no errors. They leave six for the Cubs. One run, six hits, two errors. They end up leaving 12. Winning pitcher Brandon Woodruff, he goes to 7-3. and three. The loss to the former Brewers, Zach Davies, he drops to 5-5. Five and five. Josh Hader, the save, is 20th. No home runs hit. The game lasting 3 hours and 40 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 24,423 folks. Brewers get the win. They knock off the Cubs 2-1. We preview the series finale and also look at some scores from around baseball. As we wrap things up next, this is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Brewers get the 2-1 win over the Cubs with the win. They extend their season-long win streak to seven games. It marks their first seven-game win streak since September of 2019. They move to a season-high 14 games over 500. They clinch their fourth series victory this year against Chicago. They've taken 8 of 11 from the Cubs so far this year. And they also win a game when recording two hits or fewer for the first time since April of 2019. They did that against Cincinnati. So all in all, good numbers all the way around for the Brewers. Around the division tonight, the uh, Reds lose to the Padres 5-4 in Cincinnati. Cardinals knock off the Diamondbacks 3-2. The Pirates darn near get no hit by the Rockies. They lose 8-0. The Rockies taking a no-hitter into the ninth inning. Standings right now in the National League Central. The Brewers have the largest lead of any first-place team in all of Major League Baseball. They lead the Cubs by five. The Reds are seven games back. The Cardinals eight games back. And the Pirates are 17 games back. Around the Brewers minor league system, AAA Nashville. Uh, they were at home against Louisville, and Nashville gets the win by an 8 2 score. Double A Biloxi losing at Pensacola 5 3. High A Wisconsin, they win at Beloit 3 1. And Low A Carolina in 10 innings, they lose at Fayetteville by a 4 3 score. Brewers and Cubs are going to wrap up this series coming up technically later on today, Wednesday afternoon. And it's going to be a big day for the crew as it's going to be the major league debut of uh, Aaron Ashby making the start. It's a bullpen game, so he's not going to give you much length. Two innings probably, three innings probably at the absolute most. At AAA this year, he was 4-1 and one with a 4.5 ERA, had 56 strikeouts and uh, 38 innings pitched. He is considered the number 7 prospect in the Brewers organization, according to MLB Pipeline. He'll be uh, matched up against Jake Arrieta, who is 5-8 this year with a 5.32 ERA. 1-10 first pitch back over on WTMJ coming up uh, with a 12-35 first pitch. So it's the Brewers and the Cubs as the Brewers look for a C- Series sweep again. Aaron Ashby making his major league debut against J- uh, against uh, Jake Arrieta, and you can hear it all starting at twelve thirty-five on WTMJ. Thanks for being in tonight here on ESPN. We'll talk to you again real soon.